Well, good morning. Man, my name's Philip, and I'm so excited that you're here today and, and thankful for you and thankful for all God's doing. If you're new, man, thanks for coming. I know it's so hard to visit a church, and uh, this is a great time to visit our church because we keep having a bunch of new people and, and, uh, and coming through. So if this is your second or third, fourth time, uh, welcome back, and we're thankful for you. And if, if this is where you call your, your church um, home, man, we're really thankful that you uh, are part of all God is doing here. Uh, Jesus is the hope of the world. He is. I got a friend on, uh, on um, the Facebook the other day that people kept, he's retired, and people were saying, you're amazing, uh, you changed my life, and in the comments he kept directing it. Wait, wait, time out. I'm glad we had this season together, Jesus changed your life, right? Because Jesus is the hope of the world. When the church moves together, it brings transformation. And so our goal as a church is to help Christians just like you, just like me, embrace the identity as the hands and feet of Christ. And we say it like this, we amplify the beauty of Jesus into a broken world. And that's why we have a day like today where we call it Freedom Sunday, where we gather with thousands of other churches and say that Christ brings freedom to the captives. Can you testify to that? You sometimes look around, though, and see all the need and think, how in the world can I help? I mean, can I, can I really make a difference? Can I amplify the beauty of Jesus? It's so broken. It's so broken. How in the world could I do And so we bring a day like today to say, this is a little bit of a different format, like we're going to do more of an interview style, but it, it allows us to actively um, educate and engage and empower this local body to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in a fresh and a very authentic way. And so, so the, the word is very clear that um, th this is our chance, right? This is the chance to experience freedom, that there are adults and teens and kids and grandparents and grandkids and, and, and singles who will stand together and pray for justice in the world, biblical justice. The kind that follows scripture like Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. James 1.7 says religion or faith that God our Father accepts is what? As pure and, and faultless is to, one, look, at the, look after the orphans and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I mean... When you look around, you don't want to just come to church. I mean, don't you want a faith that seeks more of, as Chris was talking about, more of Christ? And how do, we, how do we do that? Well, it's why we do things like labor for your neighbor, what we call labor for your neighbor, which is us reaching to our congregation and helping those who have gotten older in age who might need some help with different jobs that we can come along and, and serve with them on. It's why we do things like um, we, we talk about that every child matters, that they were formed in the womb and that they, they matter from that moment. And, and that's why we talk about dedicating children. That's why we uh, foster children. That's why we, we talk about adopting children. That's why we, that's why we um, push to help those who are um, powerless. And, and the Bible says keeping yourself from being polluted by this world. And so we, we strive as Jesus said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners, recovery for the, the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim this is the year of the Lord's favor. And then he says, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works greater than I have done. 
mean, they will do even greater things these because I'm going to the Father and I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. And so here we are in the age of the Holy Spirit where he gives us power as normal people to be the hands and feet of Christ to a broken world to make a massive difference. And sometimes when a preacher says something like that, it feels like I'm talking to somebody else, but I'm talking to you. There are three arms within the network of churches that we serve in. There are three arms of the church structure around the world. And if my stupid iPad would work, maybe I would tell you what they are. But they are, they are churches and pastors that lead those, like you're experiencing today. It's just churches all around the world, thousands and thousands of churches. And then um, there, secondly, is missions and missionaries, which are, are, um, our network of churches is very, very bold in our missions movements. And then there are compassionate ministry sites, which we will talk about today. And so we support missionaries through faithful giving. So um, I just want to say thank you. Honestly, I just want to say thanks. If, if you give and, and you give sacrificially to this congregation, and you are giving um, to the work around the world, 10% of everything we bring in instantly goes toward missions and outreach. And that goes to, to works around the world. So, so I just want to say uh, thank you, because you're changing lives. Sometimes it feels so simple. Oh, I just dropped some money in the, in the black box, or I just, I just gave online. It doesn't feel all that life-changing, except you're, you're fueling this vision to reach the oppressed and release them in the freedom of Christ. And so when you give, we support missionaries through that, that way. We give and help and, and, uh, and send. And so today I want to take an opportunity to let you meet some of my friends who I had a great time interviewing first service and I think you'll appreciate. Uh, it's Janet and Kevin Wilkins. I'm going to invite you guys uh, to the stage. Would you give them a warm Amplify welcome? They are, they are missionaries to the Philippines, and, um, and one of the things they're here doing right now is because the Philippines have been pretty locked down, they, they took quite a massive effort to get here, and they have kids in the area, and so they're visiting um, actually a grandchild, yep. right? Brand new grandbaby. And so we're, we're celebrating with them, but one of the things I'll tell you about them, okay, is that they self-proclaimed are not the pastor types. Okay. Don't so like, I was like being up here. What's that? Don't like being up here. <laughs> Don't like being up here. Okay. Well, you corrected me in the first service, so feel free to sit down anytime you want. All right. <laughs> I told Kevin, "Don't correct me on my own stage theologically," but he did, and I thought about it, and I thought, "Well, he was right." Anyway. So, so here we are. I'm with I'm with two people who let God use their life. They're not the self-proclaimed pastor types. They're just regular people, but God has used them in in some amazing ways. And so I thought we could really learn from our, um, from our time together. And this is different than we normally do, but I think the Lord is in it. And so I just wanna say, first of all, on all that you got going on, thank you very much for being willing to come and sit down with us. Uh, I really appreciate it. I've met some super weird missionaries, and, and, you, and, you, and you guys, my heart connects to. And I'm very thankful uh, for what God's doing in your life. We're very happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your uh, kids and grandkids, where you're from, and, um, and life kind of before becoming missionaries. So we're originally from the Los Angeles area, about 30 mi miles out of L.A., and uh, we are just ordinary people, I guess, is how you would say it. Um, we aren't the pastor type. Um, 
we are just like, we are, I shouldn't say just, we've corrected ourselves in that training. We are lay people. Um, anyway, about ourselves, uh, Kevin and Janet Wilkins, we have two kids of our own, our son Jim, who uh, was talked about, and his wife Madison, uh, have a new baby, Trip, and uh, we're here visiting, and that's exciting. We also have a daughter in the Little Rock area, and we have a, another girl who we call our grafted-in daughter, and she is still in the Los Angeles area with her two little kids. Michael and Ian. Michael and Ian. Yeah. And what did you guys do before becoming missionaries as far as jobs, and what does that look like? So, so I worked for 32 years in the power industry. I did instrumentation controls and electrical work, and... Uh, Janet did uh, office management type work. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that really hit me when I met them, because we just met today. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot, but I was really hoping they would show up because if they didn't, I'd have to make up a sermon on the spot, you know? <laughs> so I was like, Lord, like, please let them show up. Please let them be real people. And, um, and so... We tried to get lost on the way here. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you have to come here on, on purpose. And so, uh, so, so but what, what struck me was, you know, sometimes you've been you view like a missionary as like a Christian with, um, with a superhero cape. And in all, this is an honest compliment. You guys look so normal, <laughs> you know, like, like you're normal people. And that's what, uh, like we were able to Zoom uh, because uh, Janet kept reaching out, kind of just saying, hey, we're here. We've kind of followed along. And, but I, I didn't really, I get a lot of weird emails to pastors and like, you know, and she just kind of kept pursuing it. And, and I realized then there was a suddenly, there was almost a kindred spirit that we have and that the Lord was kind of moving in a direction. And I'm a little slow sometimes to catch up with him, right? But, I, but I, I'm Zooming with them. It's 10 a.m. our time and 10 p.m. their time. And I'm like crying on the Zoom call because I'm moved by these people's testimony. They're like, wrap it up. We got to go to bed. You know, like, <laughs> come on, man. Tell me how you guys got connected to Amplify Church. Well, you have to understand that we've been coming here for a year and a half. So in March of 2020, our first cases in the Philippines happened on March 7th. And on March 13th, we were in a military lockdown and our churches were closed, especially in the Manila, greater Manila area where we were. And so we started watching online. And so we looked in this area because our kids are here, um, two of our kids, and so, and we caught Amplify, and and we caught it, right? And so, you all don't know me, but I feel like I know you all, yeah. and uh, we enjoy very much being a part of your services on Sunday morning. Oh, I love that. I love that. What, what are your roles as missionaries to the Philippines? So, you're from California, you moved to the Philippines. What are your roles as missionaries? And um, how do you find faith in relying on the gifts of um, the church and of Christians? And does that ever worry you? So we have a few hats that we wear. We, were, uh, we are work and witness coordinators to the Philippine Micronesia field um, and also to APNTS or Asia Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary. It's a seminary there in the Philippines. And uh, we also recently have added the title of, or the job of work and witness quarters, uh, coordinators for the Asia Pacific region, which at this point is mostly administrative. Mm -hmm. um, I 
oversee anything related to facilities at the seminary. Uh, Janet assists the president at the seminary there. And uh, she also is the field communication coordinator and is on the board of Shechem Children's Home, which you'll hear more about. Yeah. So um, you guys, normal people, love your church. We're very committed to your church in California and just part of the process, part of the process, the serving, the giving. You, you guys were connected a little bit with missions at that church, right? Mm-hmm. As lay people going on trips, just like we, we send. And one of the things we talked about was that overseas missions has locked down. That, um, you know, like, we talked about sending people to the Philippines. I started to pick people that I felt like could go and never come back, but I, but I didn't feel right about doing that. So we love all of you. Anyway, so... so We'll keep you. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so, but, but, um, so that's why we served in West Virginia recently, because we found a really poor area that we could go to and make an impact on and continue to go back to. Um, but as things open up, we've talked about what does that look like and how do we serve and help. And uh, does the Come financial... Come on a work and witness trip. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. So we'd love to have your church. You, know, you guys are really, really locked down. We are so locked down. Yeah. We can only travel because we have work visas. So mm. about a year into the process, our availability to travel yeah. opened up so that we can come and go. But there is no visitor visas at And what, this time. one of the things they do, so, so Kevin goes to the seminary and, and uses the skills he's built over the years and can fix things, right? And then they, they coordinate teams like ours that would come from this church to the Philippines to work, and one of the amazing things I listen to them talk is that um, the the chain of command is natives. Is that the way to say it? Or local Filipinos? Is right, that what you national. Said? So we have national, national yeah. leadership. So everybody in ministry in the Philippines, except for a very select, very few, is national. So our boss, the field strategy coordinator for the Philippines Micronesia Field. He's a Filipino. Every pastor of every church is Filipino. When we first were talking to people about coming, we were like, now you know, we're not pastors. We don't preach or teach. And they're like, ah, we don't need that. We, our Bible schools and seminary are full of very well-qualified pastors. So we serve just as a, uh, as a support, a support role, doing yeah. administrative-type tasks and, and leadership. Yeah. And do you ever worry about finances? Let's be honest. Do you ever worry? So we're sponsored missionaries, which means we raise our own support. And over the years, um, it's come and gone. But I have to tell you, Mm -hmm. our first six months, when we were first called to go, they said you have to raise six months of support before you can leave. And it seemed like this huge amount of money. And yet we watched in those months as the Lord brought our support. Most of our support comes from our church in California and our friends and our family that we have. And um, the Lord has just provided. It's funny because sometimes we'll get an unusual donation and it'll be, ooh, so I wonder what's going to come up for that donation, right? Because the Lord always provides exactly what we need. But to say we never worry would not be true, right? So when COVID hit and we lost some sponsors and things like that, it, you, you still worry a little bit. But we're trying to give that to the Lord, knowing that every step of our journey, he has provided everything he needs for what he calls us to. One of the things that I like about them is that um, they described to me, because they kept telling me all the jobs they do, and there's a lot of them. Like, it kept on and on and on. I was like, well, does that make you money? No. Well, does that make you money? No. Well, 
well, how do you make money? Like, I'm like stressed out for you, you know, while I was drinking my coffee. So, so, you know, here you are. And one of the things that they told me was, I don't want to embarrass you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, but you, there's a pretty easy pathway to, be, to being, like, supported, and it takes, like, a spot as a missionary. But they chose to be individually supported, basically, by your church because you didn't want to take the sponsorship from a missionary, somebody else who might struggle. Right. You so took the hard path to get my else. There's two types of, in the Church of the Nazarene, there's two types of missionaries. One is sponsored and one is global. And for global, you don't have to uh, raise as much of your uh, money. Uh, your salary and uh, benefits and those things are provided. Yeah. Uh, and, and over time, you pass that they up. Wanna, well, they want to move people who've been missionaries for a while. The sponsored thing is what you do when you might just go for a couple of years. Yeah. So this last year, they asked if we wanted to go be global. But with World Evangelism Fund the way it is, yeah. we knew that things were tight and our sponsors are very, uh, we have a strong sponsor base. So we. Do you know do. what I hear when you talk? I hear you say, and I see in your life, we're super normal people, but we trust the Lord in extraordinary ways. <laughs> we try to do that. But it doesn't all start in one boom, right? The Lord walks you through that journey, yeah. right? Yeah. Like when you see your support group come together, then that trained us for the next thing to trust him. Yeah. So don't feel like you have to be, oh, I have to have all that faith to trust the Lord with my finances because he's going to take you one step at a time. Yeah. It's a right? journey. It's a yeah. journey. Yeah. When you, you guys, they told me that when, when the, you, you, were, you felt called to missions, but you kind of kept putting it off. Yes. Right? Yes. But as you, got, as you saw life unfold with other people and it doesn't always go as you planned and as you get older, you kept, what made you pull the trigger? So we, um, we had been on short-term work and witness trips, and we loved it. Both of us loved it. So that's not necessarily normal, right? Usually one or the other does. And one day Kevin called me when I was at work, and he said, we have to talk tonight. Well, if you all know my husband, he never says that to me. So when we got home that night, he shared his heart about the, how the Lord was talking to him on his commute to and from work, saying, I want you to go and serve overseas. I want you to quit your job. I want you to go. Mm -hmm. And as he talked, I was really confirmed in my heart in agreement. And so from that moment on, as we talked together, everything just confirmed. And we kind of felt the Lord pressing us forward. Um, during that time, we had the opportunity to take in a little guy and um, we thought, how could we do that? We're kind of preparing for missions, and Lord, what does that look like? But we heard the Lord say, Janet, this is the first thing I'm asking you to do, to step out in faith. So we had our little guy, Michael, who lived with us two and a half years, and then his mom lived with us for a year. And from that experience, it trained us to see that even in really scary things, and you don't know how it's going to turn out, that he is going to direct our path and teach us what to do. Yeah. So now we get to be Mimi and Papa, to that little boy, and part of his mom's life. And um, they're a part of our family. They live with our niece and nephew, and they yeah. have a beautiful family. But the Lord trained us through that. And it was after that 
experience that we felt God pushing us forward and saying, I don't want you to wait. You know, you see what can happen as you get older and you can have health issues. So don't wait to some elusive retirement time. I want you to go now. Mm. So we started to move forward and uh, we contacted, you know, Kansas City to say, okay, we're ready to go. And we heard nothing. And there was no answers. And there was nothing that seemed That makes you like, feel good, don't it? It was weird yeah. because we felt like God was behind us, pushing us forward, and there was nothing ahead of us, right, to go do. And we would pray, Lord, just show us. We're willing. We're willing. And I think during that time, he moved us from maybe not necessarily willing to whatever you want, Lord. That's what we'll go do. Yeah. And so it was a funny phone, Facebook messenger to a Lynx missionary where I asked about a work and witness position in the Philippines. And she said, yes, we need that. And your layman skills would be just exactly what we need here. And I said, you know, we're not speakers or we're not teachers. We we are just lay people. Don't use the word just. We are lay people. And so she said, oh, well, I'll connect you. And I said, wait, I haven't even told my husband. So let me tell him tomorrow and I'll get back with you. And so we talked and... Kevin said, Janet, we've been waiting to hear where God wants us to go. If this is the direction we're supposed to go, even though we've not ever considered Asia, um, then we'll do it. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, and very part quickly of your work after there, that. Part of your work there connects with the Freedom Sunday because there's a place yes. called Shechem Home. Yes. And Shechem Home is for... Well, you you tell us about it. Okay, so Shechem Home is for children who've been rescued from online sexual exploitation of children, or OSEC. And this is a worldwide problem with the online, the way it is where children can be trafficked, their pictures or their abuse online to perpetrators around the world. It's big in the Philippines because they speak English and because internet is readily available. For $10, you can buy internet for a day. Mm. And... So it's become a huge problem. And the Church of the Nazarene became involved in this in 2014 as we partnered with International Justice Mission. And we went on prayer vigils with every church in the Philippines. We'd meet thousands of us to pray over it. We participated in many of our churches that are located in hotspots. Young people would go to the schools and do awareness with the students, as well as training teachers what to look for in children who might be being abused. Mm. And it was in 2016 that our boss said, I I feel propelled by God to do more. What more can the church do? So he contacted International Justice Mission, which is kind of the hub there of all the ministry around this. And, And he said, you know what we really need? is post-care, when the children are rescued. Um, And so we said, okay, what does that look like? And so the assessment center for children who are rescued from OSEC was established, and the Church of the Nazarene began that there. We took an old missionary house and rehabbed it, created uh, bunk rooms and an area below and offices. It's a great property that has room for play and those kinds of things. And, um, well, I think we should watch the video because it yep. best describes all the parts of what assessment is. The psychotherapy, the counseling, the social workers, the love of a house parent who yeah. loves Jesus. And I love the, the question. Um, I love the prayer part. I love the fact that it's addressing a need and praying over it. And then the church asks, what more can we do? And to then start a home like that 
and then and then run it with as difficult as it is and expensive as it is. Yes. But but it's a practical way to meet a, a a crazy crazy need. And one of the things you can feel like is, well, there's so much need. What's the point? But the point is, is that Christ has called us to minister as the hands and feet of whoever is in front of us. Yep. So I can't fix the whole problem, but I can minister to who's in front of me. Yes. Right? And, and and so since we've done that. We have other assessment centers who take our model and move forward. Mm. So now there are many assessment centers where children who are rescued can go to and find help. And, and as we give, yep. as a church, we fuel the vision to reach children and, and protect them and build them in Christ. Um, if you want to take the lights down, this is, um, this is the Shechem home and the story of May. Mabisyo, lagi nakikipag-away, sutil sa pamilya. Nakita ko yung kasiyahan sa tropa, na masaya ako, kasi sa alak, yung gano'ng bisyo. Ang dahilan ko po kasi dati, katawak ko to, sarili ko to, nasa akin ko ano yung gagawin ko. We have a what called 14-day induction. During that period, the child will undergo close monitoring period for health protocols. And at the same time, then during that time, uh, yung basic needs ng bata, like for example, yung uh, clothes, welcome kit, binibigayin sa kanila. To assess the mental and emotional capacity of each child. And from that assessment, we will be able to identify what proper intervention needed for the child. So that's include also the psychoeducation, like therapy, psychotherapy session. That's also very crucial for the child, especially from the first day of admission because they are very dysregulated, emotionally very high. Because uh, most of the children, they don't understand why they need to be separated from their family and they thought that uh, they will be staying in uh, prison. Sabi ko, hindi yun na, hindi ito kulungan na bahay to. Wala ka man ditong tunay na papa, pero lima kaming mamang magkaasikaso sa iyo. Nung pagpunta ko po dito, Miyak po ako sa kwarto, tapos nagwawala po ako, then bala ko pong maglaslas. Piling ko po ano, wala na nangyari sa buhay ko. Husgan na ako ng mga tao, pandidirian na nila ako, na ano na mangyari pag nakalabas ako, pag nakabalik na ako. Parang nawala na po ng pag-asa. Kasi presenting issue ni May, it's a reflection of our shame culture, the development of uh, enmeshment trauma. So enmeshment involves family relationships that lack uh, boundaries and expectations. So because of that, she had lost her sense of self, she had lost her voice. Parang it's kind of hard for her to exercise her rights. Nabago po ako simula po nung nakita ko yung Biblia, na inganyo po nila ako magbasa ng Biblia. Then sabi ko, Lord God, ikaw nang bahala sa akin, alam po hindi mo ako papabayaan. Tapos pinagkatiwala ko na po lahat. 
yung changes doon ni May is yung makita niya talaga kung ano yung uh, sitwasyon niya, status ng kanyang pagkatao sa harapan ng Diyos. Kumbaga, nakita niya yung uh, mga kasalanan niya na hindi niya dapat ginawa noon pa. So, ang Shechem Children's Home po is uh, isang instrumento ng Panginoon uh, para matagpuan niya o magkaroon siya ng relationship uh, paunti-unti sa Panginoon. Because that's our goal, uh, to not only give the children the physical needs, but of course our main goal is to um, share the love of God, the gospel, that uh, despite of the, the bad background, the bad experiences, there is God, there is hope that can help them. Hindi nila ako tunay na pamilya, hindi po nila pinaramdam sa akin. Yun yung po yung pinagpapasalamat ko dito sa Shekel. Hindi po ako nakarinig ng pangusga dito. So, yun naman na na-provide ng Shekel na she's able to feel na, ay, okay lang para malamdaman. Kasi, ano eh, everybody validated uh, her feelings eh. So, maski medyo affected siya, disturbed, na-feel pa rin niya yung, oh, parang okay lang pala na ganito ako. For me, what makes Shechem Home unique is our focus on being a Christ-centered home. Uh, children here in Shechem Home sees it not just a facility or an institution, but they see it as a place where they experience the love of a family. And because of our programs and our initiatives that we're doing here in Shechem Home, children has now a better perspective in life. So when they go out from this, uh, from this home, they have a, a new perspective and a fresh hope to start a new beginning for them. Doon kami nag-end up na i-process yung, yung reintegration ni May kasi sa second Children's Home is naniniwala talaga kami na ang bata is mas mapapabuti yung bata sa piling ng kapamilya. So doon pa pumapasok yung, yung assessment na ginagawa namin para makita talaga yung kapasidad ng pamilya kasi iniwasan lang din natin na baka sa una lang ito. Operating a Children's Home is not an easy task. There's a lot of needs actually. Our priority now is to expand bed capacity to, to cater more children rescued from OSEC sensory room that will make them safe and give them the ability to channel their feelings and emotions in a more healthy and um, trauma-informed way. For me, there are three ways that you could partner and support us. Uh, first is, of course, is your prayer. Second is you could volunteer your time, talent, and skills. Third is through your financial giving, especially support for the daily needs of the children, operational expenses for utilities, salaries for our staff taking care of these children. We are sure that it will go a long way to support this uh, transformational ministry. Sobrang salamat kay God kasi ginamit niya yung Shekem yung Nazareth para maitama ako. Gin ginawa niyang daan to para maging maayos din yung buhay ko na ito pong Shekem pati Nazareth, hindi ko po makakalimutan. Kasi babaunin ko talaga siya kahit saan man ako mapunta. Sana nga po marami pa silang matulungan na bata. Katulad ko dati, nalulubog sa bisyo. Gamitin pa po ni God to Shekem maging daan para matulungan yung mga bata.
That's awesome, isn't it? What the Lord is doing is amazing. One of the things we know is that it's not just a uh, their problem. It's a here problem as well. And, yes. and um, so it matters to us um, that, we, that we learn and grow. One of the things, if you're part of our um, email newsletter, we're going to send out this week, and you could be part of that. You could fill the Connect card out, give your email, and we'll put you on that. One of the things we're going to do is send out ways to be educated within this, this issue. Um, there are ways to, to pray, ways to be um, careful online, ways to teach your children, ways to, to get involved and understand and be part of uh, what's going on. What I love about um, our church is we're allowed to give to uh, promote and push and save and point to Jesus, a little girl like May, who my prayer is, Lord, surround her with people who love you, protect her, and give her, um, give her growth in your name and in your way, and Lord, use her someday to reach other people. And um, so I'm, I'm just so, I'm so moved when I look at, at the story and how things are going uh, for the home. And um, one, of the, one of the things we want to say to you guys is, first of all, thank you for coming. But secondly, is we want to support you. In our next year, we're going to write you into our budget mm-hmm. as you continue the work because, um, because you're not weird, you know? <laughs> Be honest. But I think we have a similar heart. And as we're able to send teams, we're going to send teams. Nice. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm thankful because I think you're, you're telling us, what you're telling us is, and what I think I'm hearing is, some of us are called to be missionaries overseas. Some of us are called to be missionaries right here, right? I mean, we're all called, right? <laughs> right? I got it right this time. We're all called. Last time only some were called. This time we're all called. And I really think that um, the Lord um, can take this simple life we have and use it for his glory. And the, the honest truth is one step at a time. Yes. Trust me today, I'll prove myself faithful, and then trust me tomorrow, and it'll be, it'll, it'll be a building process to a beautiful and, life. And God will use everything in our lives. He doesn't waste anything. That's right. right. That's right. And what does it look like if each one of us leaves today and starts to think, what is it, God, that you're calling me to this year? What is something new you want me to do? Is it coaching a little league team? Is it, you know, working on human trafficking because it's touched a nerve in your heart? And there's many organizations and ways that you can do that. Um, Is it, you know, teaching English after school? There's so many things, right? If we were to all say yes to the things that God has for us, what would it look like in the life of this church? It would look like a huge revival as God lights individuals on fire, Right. Right. We had a service a couple of weeks ago, a weekend. Yeah, we were there. And the Holy Spirit was <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know if we translated over the computer, but we felt a presence like never before. But revival happens not when the church feels the presence, but when the church acts as the yeah. church. Yeah. And so it's, it's, re- it's quick to repent, and it's, it's fast to praise, and it's, and it's um, available to serve. And so I just want to tell you that I see that in your life, and I'm thankful for you. I'm going to ask the band to come and close us um, in a song, but I want to ask you before uh, they do, as they come, uh, there's a table outside that you can, you can talk to the Wilkins. Uh, the first three people that go to the table have to go overseas, so <laughs> be fourth or behind. But, but just, man, you can just go talk to them and just speak to them for a second, and, um, and you can pick up some materials about Shechem Home and, and some, um, some other materials you're welcome to look at. And I just want to ask you how we can pray for you.
So in our role, we travel around a bit, uh, not as much recently, but uh, you can pray for safety for us, uh, pray for connections uh, that we have, um, pray for uh, the church's involvement in all the different ministries uh, there, such as Shechem yeah. and so many other things that, that is going on. And one of the things that's really hard during the lockdown is for us to keep a fresh enthusiasm for our work, you know, work mm. and witness and other things that at this moment we're not able to do as much. So maybe prayers for us that we yeah. would stay fresh and what God has our calling in this moment because he has things for us to do during this time, but we need to be willing to see it. Yeah, let me pray for you. Lord, I love you today. I'm thankful for the Wilkins. We as a church commit to pray for them and, and support them, Lord. Uh, we, we are praying, God, that you would use their lives as a sacrifice unto you. And I pray, Lord, as they, as they work and as they serve and as they fix things and, and bring teams and as they um, build into this Shechem home, Lord, may you uh, use the gifts they have for your glory. Lord, I pray that we would take from them a spirit of, God, use me too. Uh, use me tomorrow at work. Use me at school. Use me uh, with my family, Lord. You, use us and um, give us all a fresh perspective of, God, what do you want to do right now? Not what did you do last year. What do you want to do now? And as they travel and, and, uh, and do the things of mission work, God, may you bless their family, their kids. And, and God, may you um, let them know on the worst days that you love them and that this church loves them. And so, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.